Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Chelsea Talks. I am here with a good classmate and friend of mine, Michael Roy, and we are here to discuss and get very angry about Joe Biden's presidency so far. So, Joe Biden elected and in November 2020. What was your to start off, what was your in- initial reaction when you saw that Joe Biden won the election? Well, of course, I was naturally happy because the alternative um, was very bad, (laughs) in my opinion. Absolutely. It does seem like sort of a bittersweet victory, um, given the moment, um, given the other candidates that we had run in the primaries for the Democrats. Um, I wish it had been someone else, but I was a little bit optimistic about Biden's presidency. Well, yeah, I mean, we're sitting here going, great, we got the rotten orange out of the office, but, you know, we still, uh, it's still just another old fucking white guy, uh, <laughs> to be, uh, to be frank, uh, and, <laughs> yikes. Was, was this an election between the two oldest candidates ever? Because I know Trump previously set the record for oldest president in office. I don't know. Let me find out. What is the t- Biden's I like at least seventy eight years young, correct? <laughs> Something like that. We should we should have Joe Biden listen. All right, people might get mad. We're looking stuff up, but listen, if Joe Rogan can do it, so can we. That's true, actually. <laughs> yeah, Biden, good old seventy-eight years young. So yeah, pretty much the oldest walking sacks of skin. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, I mean, you know, you do need a lot of like stamina on the campaign trail as well. So it is impressive clearly, that they both. It made it to the finish line. I know. It, it, like, they must have been in really good shape, you know? I mean, let's see. What has Trump done? He just golfs all the time. What did Biden do? I've literally not heard a single I thing. I think he might be an MMA guy. But I do want to say, uh, <laughs> for the sake of, like, I don't want to be ageist, I will say that maybe we should just keep electing presidents that are older and older. For example, in 2024, we could elect maybe um, someone that was born in 1941, uh, someone from Brooklyn, <laughs> New York. Uh, he's uh, six feet tall, uh, sunglasses, and he is a senator from Vermont. That could be yeah, a cool yeah. criterion. That would, that'd be a, uh, uh interesting criteria, isn't it? The, uh, <laughs> you have to be over the age of, what, 35 or 45? to. Uh, yeah, and he would president. be 83, this person yeah, I have in mind. So he's double the age so he's clearly <laughs> doubly smart right yeah i think if you double the age you should get two terms as well yeah something something like that <laughs> uh, well okay. this cycle too we did have like uh sorry <laughs> no you're okay go on what were you gonna say well, we had some very like young candidates as well. Uh, we had we Pete did. Buttigieg from yep. South Bend, Indiana. We had uh, punk rocker Beto O'Rourke. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good old Beto. Um, we had Marianne Williamson. I'm convinced that she is eternal. Um, we oh, also oh, wait. Had... Is she one of, is she one of uh, Mitch McConnell's creed? Yeah. 
Yes, but from from the more benevolent faction, not the faction that just radiates radiates um, malevolent evil. Spite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So let's let's start with the stimulus checks. So Biden had promised. There's a Snopes article here. Biden had promised. Everyone was sitting here going, Biden promised these $2,000 checks, right? Yeah, of course. Um, the campaign trail for the Georgia runoff race, while he was stumping for um, Senator Ossoff and Warnock, he argued that if we were to elect those two senators, the $2,000 checks would go right out the door. Okay. So Snopes begs to disagree with this. Snopes says that the actual quote that... uh biden had said is that the six hundred dollars plus the fourteen hundred dollars equals two thousand and that is what he meant by two thousand dollar checks what what do you feel what does that how does that make you feel because i feel like that (laughs) is kind of just bullshitting us kind of i feel like i'm being gaslit by yeah, Snopes. absolutely. I've seen the clip. If we could possibly just drop in the clip of Biden saying two thousand dollar checks into this production, that would be uh, fantastic. We, we can certainly find out if we could do the Joe Rogan method once more and just pull up the clip. But I could almost swear that he said two thousand dollar checks would go out the door if Georgia elected Ossoff and Warnock for Senate. Yeah, I I feel like that was what I had heard, and that's what got a lot of people really excited and really, like, behind Biden as a president. But we've learned, as we will discuss later on, that this guy fucking is lying through his teeth just constantly. He's just as, you know, bad. He's getting as bad as Trump, honestly with just the blatant disrespect for how people view him and like he thinks he can just fuck with us i would agree um the stimulus checks the two thousand dollar stimulus checks are sort of like a great like case study for this phenomenon right like he is not setting a very good precedent um especially when um the election for Georgia was on January 5th when Ossoff and mm-hmm. Warnock won. Um, they were inaugurated on January 20th, and the stimulus checks, they did not go out until March 10th. So yep. quite some time passed. Quite a significant amount of time. And something happened um, in between the uh, inauguration of those two senators and the checks going out. And it was the bombing of Syria by the Biden administration. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, I understand that the American political process takes time, um, especially when you have a bunch of Republicans in Congress. But, you know, change doesn't necessarily happen overnight. But but you know what, apparently. Yeah, exactly. 
you can bomb Syria. (laughs) Exactly. Apparently, what you can do overnight is kill 22 people. For those who don't know, President Joe Biden on Thursday uh, ordered airstrikes on buildings in Syria that the Pentagon said were used by Iranian-backed militias in retaliation for rocket attacks on U.S. targets in neighboring Iraq. That is a quote from NBC on February 25th, 2021. And... Jesus fucking Christ. It's not a great look. (laughs) No, I was just reading the other day. Literally a UN meeting happened that the US was not a part of in February of 2020 talking about the humanitarian crisis that's going on in Syria and how it's gotten to a point where we can't just say that we're helping and not actually fucking doing anything we have to actually go out and actually provide some humanitarian aid and bombs don't help heal people last i checked uh no um one could argue that it might exacerbate the problem um same for sanctions as well um both could result in some very serious humanitarian crises And the fact that that happened when uh, domestically we're dealing with a pandemic, um, people need relief. The Trump administration did not manage the pandemic very well at all. And this this money is life changing. Uh, People are facing evictions. People need to pay their bills. Um, And just the fact that this military operation happened before the American people got the relief they were promised does not bode well. I can't see that being a very popular thing at all. Um, definitely not good for optics. It might even come back to bite Biden in the uh, butt come the uh, midterm election in 2020. Uh, if we still remember that this happened, of course. It, of course, because, you know, two years from now, no one's going to remember fucking anything. Well, I mean, certainly during like the Trump years, it seems like every week well, there was a different headline there was, exactly there was just so much shit being thrown at us that we weren't able to remember so maybe this will be different maybe this is just a really really rough spinning the wheel start and dropping bombs and shit and it actually might get better like he uh, joe biden touted himself as being one of the most progressive presidential candidates to ever run for american politics for american president and so far he's showing that just like he was before he was a democrat he's very very bloodthirsty yeah uh just like donald trump and republicans in my opinion yeah, and you know, as a young progressive myself, I don't know if I've outed my bias mm. already, um, I was a little bit optimistic to hear the sort of progressive policies that Biden was stumping for on the campaign trail, whether it was the $2,000 checks, um, a $15 minimum wage, the decriminalization of marijuana, um, climate change Corporate uh, legislation. tax, pay discrimination, college tuition yeah and all of these big you know progressive stances that he got criticized heavily for yeah so i will be viewing his presidency through the lens of is he sticking to that platform is he actually a progressive leader 
or maybe does he set the goalposts to the left? And then when he wants to maybe sort of work with the Republicans for the sake of unity, for example, he can use that as an excuse to just walk his positions back towards the center. Exactly. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is a result of trauma uh, from the uh, Donald Trump administration. You know, just kind of... uh, being lied to, being gaslit for so long that nothing's happening, you know, everything's fine when clearly it's not fine. And then we get to this next interesting thing that had happened just recently of White House workers being told they have to resign (sighs) for admitting to smoking marijuana after yeah. Joe Biden claimed that he was going to decriminalize it nationally. So, yeah, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, I have a few. Um, you mentioned um, that he would support decriminalization. Um, he advocated for that on the campaign trail. And that was also part of the platform the Democrats put, put forward ahead of the election in August. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that he is punishing staffers for recreational marijuana use or even a history of marijuana use, it does have me concerned. Also, the fact that he said that, well, his administration rather, said that it was fine if they were honest about their history on the application because it didn't matter. And now that they've gotten their job, it's sort of pulled from them because they were trapped essentially. They were told it was going to be okay, but it, it was not. They're losing their jobs. Absolutely. It, it, it's another moment of betrayal where you get told that, like, it's okay. You can tell me. And this very much reminds me of, like, talking to the police. Uh, the, the They'll say, like, oh, no, I'm your friend. Like, we're we're buddy-buddy, and they'll be nice to you, and they'll, like say if you tell us the truth like we'll go easier on you like we'll be lenient like all this shit you see in the tv shows like ncis of like come on just give us a confession it'll be fine (laughs) and then in real life you spill the beans and either you get shot by someone you know or you're going to jail for the crime that you just admitted to because in the fucking judicial system, it doesn't fucking matter. And so that's where I'm like, wow, this is evidence that there's a cop in the White House. Yeah, I I mean, you know, it's a shame that you can't be honest with authority. But, you know, historically, I would argue that you should never completely trust authority anyway. Oh, absolutely right? not. <laughs> um, but yeah, we definitely do have, as you put it, a cop in the White House, um, not even just making jokes about Kamala Harris's um, history as a prosecutor, <laughs> for example. Absolutely. Um, who, I believe she is also smoked marijuana as well. Yep. So she she is admitted to, to doing VP? so. Yep. The uh, Satan's oregano purge of the White House. Um, it's our equivalent of the uh, Night of Lawn Knives. Yeah. It, 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 all I can all I can think is like 
we live at least i live in michigan you know primarily and it's legal here recreationally and medically and even now i i used i used to smoke before the legalization and so sitting here and you, you you're distrustful of anyone who is a cop genuinely if you do stuff like this is you just kind of sit there and you're just like this person has the potential if they want to to ruin my entire life at their yeah, discretion and i don't think that that should be a power that anybody has over someone else yeah i mean it's speaking of people getting their lives ruined um the platform the democrats put forward that included decriminalization also included the expungement of previous cannabis-related criminal offenses, which would be huge. I mean, we have people in prison in this country for marijuana. I, exactly. It just seems immoral to me that someone could use, lose years of their lives over not even a substantial amount of a plant that is now acceptable in our country. Exactly. In in in. Not not only our country, but global society. It's been changed over in Europe. It's fine. It's controlled just like alcohol. It, and it, it's not. It's just a plant. Yeah. It literally is just a plant. It's the same as like drinking coffee and ha- getting caffeine. Caffeine's a stimulant. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's even like legal in DC. I'm not sure if we've mentioned that yet. But it's mm-hmm. almost like his staffers were punished for like having a drink on their night off. Exactly. It's controlling. It's overreaching your authority on someone's civil liberties and what they should be allowed to do in the privacy of their own home and their own life. Like, I'm not going to tell you not to have a beer in your own home. So I'm not going to tell you not to smoke whatever you want in your own Yeah, and we don't even know if those staffers were leftovers from the Trump administration, because if I were in that White House, I would, you know, be, uh, (laughs) I would do a lot of edibles, I guess. I don't know. It's a hard job. Oh, absolutely. You need to destroy somehow, right? You need to um, psychically (laughs) detach yourself from the uh, Trump administration. Mm Yeah. I mean, it's that's just that's just good mental health care, you know. Avoid that trauma. Yeah, I mean, but also like it's <laughs> their fault for working for him. But that's fine. That's fine. Um, but you, as we were talking about like decriminalization, um, that's an opportunity for Biden to undo some of the harm of the war on drugs in America. Um, and his mm-hmm. presidency coming off of um, the years of Trump does seem like an opportunity to undone undo some of the harm from the past four years. And I'm a little concerned that he might not take the necessary actions, um, at least immediately. I It definitely, you know, leads room to question um, whether or not he's actually going to be progressive. Because uh, here is how they put it, the uh, 
the White House political correspondent, I believe, uh, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said, as a result, more will more people will serve who would not have in the past with the same level of recent drug use, she added. The bottom line of, is this. Of the hundreds of people hired, only five people who had started working at the White House are no longer employed as a result of this policy. It doesn't fucking matter whether it's five people out of the hundreds. What matters is that you went back on your campaign promise. What people had voted for you for. And you are treating, you are basically saying that no one is safe if they trust you. Yeah, it does not bode well. Uh, I worry that it is foreshadowing of of things to come, like just like the the stimulus stimulus check broken promise. It it does exactly. not set a very good bar, at least from my point of view. And it, it's just one of those things of like, I get that you might not be able to like uphold all of your campaign promises but you should at least be cognizant of them enough to not actively break them <laughs> like it's it, what where was it it was um the cages let's let's go on a little bit of a leap here the uh yeah the... we should definitely talk about the cages absolutely the uh Joe Biden had stated that he's going to close several camps along the US Mexico border. Uh and he opened more. He he instead of closing them, he hadn't closed any, he opened more. That is correct. Uh, ones that Trump actually closed. And I am not at all surprised, uh, given that, you know, these camps were opened under the Obama administration and Joe Biden had most definitely something to do with that. Uh, it's just gr- disgusting. This isn't solving any issue that is happening. No. And this is just violating people's rights because you guys are fucking spinning your wheels and won't actually think of something better to do reuniting families at the border and getting those kids out of cages were huge talking points of the democratic Mm -hmm. campaigns against trump it was such a large focal point in the primaries and also the race for the general election um his secretary um gosh i forgot the word for it chief of staff whatever the person that lies to people, like whatever their position is. Press secretary? Yes. <laughs> the, the, the one that's uh, talking to all the reporters. Yeah, yes. press secretary. Biden's press secretary even said that there are no longer kids in cages, um, which is, you know, relatively accurate. Um, I recently saw a BBC article. I think it was posted earlier this week. And it does seem like the kids are no longer in cages, but they're more so in terrariums and the conditions do seem <laughs> just as squalid. Um, it's horrific to Shouldn't look be at. Shouldn't laughing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think I set you up for that one. I'm sorry. Of, yeah. No, you're fine. The, the image of 
someone saying, "Oh, we're not gonna put you in a cage," and then we're gonna then we put you in a terrarium is like, okay, so instead of metal that I can breathe through, you're putting me encased in glass. Right. I mean, I this is an extremely weird reference, but towards the end of ET. Um, when they set up the like medical facilities to contain mm-hmm. ET and there's like just tarps everywhere and like men in hazmat suits, that's what the migrant detention facilities look like currently during a pandemic. I think there's still like 5,000 children like at the border separated from their families. And it's sickening. Like it, it genuinely is hard to talk about for me just to think that like, human fucking beings are being still under an administration that stated that they were going to end that to stop that awful practice that has been happening continues to do it yeah I'm... and continues to just tur- t- decrease people to just nothing Mm-hmm. it's it's actually i i truly do think that this sort of like period in american history will be as just a black mark on our record as japanese internment camps um Absolutely. it's truly horrifying fucking like you know i'm a lefty that's a little bit critical of america um but i'm critical of america because i really like america i like the promise of the american dream and if we think about families trying to come to america because of violence in their own countries for example refugees i mean that's like the american promise exactly they're they're going for the american dream yeah Yeah. it's the like the ellis island dream for example and it's a Mm -hmm. shame it it, it's a real tragedy Uh, it seems anti like antithetical to like what we stand for it's just it is. And we pride ourselves we pride ourselves on being from immigrants, right? Like I remember watching Hamilton for the first time and it, it fucking in when they when immigrants would get the job done, everyone cheered. Everyone lost their mind. And it's like that was awesome in twenty sixteen during, you know, uh, the Trump administration and everything, but we prove year after year that we don't actually give a shit, that the government that we have currently could not care less about people trying to fulfill the American dream, mm-hmm. the American appeal, and we tout ourselves as being the strongest in the world yeah, we're not strong enough to help others. It almost makes me worried that my idea of America and the American dream and the promise of our country is not real. It's, that it's different than exactly. what America actually is. And I will say the past four years, um, especially the past year even during the pandemic, um, has made me sort of cognizant of this America that might be more real that I never really noticed until the pandemic sort of exposed the cracks in our culture. Um, 
but mm-hmm. also, I mean, just watching videos of police brutality um, every week since spring, even. Um, it's, disillusionment, it's just, I guess, is the, the, what I'm trying to yeah. describe. Mm-hmm. And the, the mask has finally slipped and we can actually see what's going on. And I hope that because under Trump, there's a groundswell of activism. Um, people are showing up mm-hmm. to the primaries, um, to the general elections in record numbers. More people are registering to vote than ever. Less people are staying at home. Um, not to mention like all of the activist movements we've seen in our country. I hope that that momentum doesn't go away under Biden. Um, just because he's a Democrat, he's not our knight in shining armor, right? He has to Absolutely. earn that title. And we should hold him accountable. Like, we should be critical of his presidency. Um, we should celebrate his victories. Like, the stimulus was a victory, in a way. Um, it didn't have the $2,000 checks, but it was still a huge milestone. It helped out a lot of people. But we should still... He doesn't get the pass. <laughs> this is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. You, 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 we have to remain critical, because Biden isn't the best. Like I mentioned earlier, he used to be a Republican. Mm-hmm. Genuinely, Joe Biden, for several years, ran as a Republican, but nobody talks about that, <laughs> apparently. Uh, <laughs> they're just like, no, he was a Democrat. It's like, but he wasn't go and like what what does that even mean because like the democrat republican spectrum i feel like is so wide like you could have like democrats like elizabeth warren um aoc you know bernie sanders that are more on the left and then you have guys like joe manchin who are functionally republicans right or um christian Mm -hmm. cinema for example um I'm mostly just naming Republicans who shot down the $15 minimum wage clause to the stimulus bill, which was also a Biden campaign promise. Yeah, exactly. And then didn't he say, like, oh, we don't need it? Yeah, maybe he wants to achieve it in a different way because this whole thing is unity. He wants to work with the Republicans to reach out across the aisle to heal our nation or whatever. But... (laughs) <laughs> Heal our nation, which is the Lord of Horseshit, because of all the trauma that his voter base has been through because of the other team. Listen, <laughs> like I, I'm not sure if uh, any of any of Joe Biden's staff has heard that there's like kind of a huge civil rights movement going on right now, uh, <laughs> spurred by the Republicans that you're trying to be buddy buddy. And with. you know, it's worth mentioning that. While I did knock, like, the Democrats who voted against the minimum wage bill, I believe there were eight who voted against it. Every single Mm -hmm. Republican voted against it, right? And when they had, like, every branch of government, like the Congress, the executive branch, they had a Supreme Court advantage. They still do. Um, Did they even consider reaching across the aisle to work with Democrats? No. Absolutely not. Fuck them. <laughs> they just sat there and they said, fuck the Democrats. Like, it's their fault. What, what was it that they had said? If you don't like our president, leave. They they did. that. That's a popular talking point. If you don't like it, go to Canada. And you know what Canada. I fucking say? 
Yeah, exactly. But Canada won't fucking take us because of the goddamn Republican president that we had for four fucking years was so bad at his COVID response that the fucking Canada doesn't want us. Yeah. I mean, I think it's much better, too, to stay in America, uh, knock doors for progressive causes, be vocal when you can, and criticize Joe Biden. And vote, for fuck's sakes, vote. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, and, you know, um, if we're talking about voting and we're talking about the disappointments we have with Biden's presidency— I'm worried that these broken promises won't help him going into the next election cycle. I think it would be catastrophic if the Democrats lost the House or the Senate to the Republicans in the midterms. And it might happen. Absolutely. Um, he's given them plenty if, of ammunition to use against him. Exactly. It, it, that's the big thing is Biden only has two years to do everything that he needs to to achieve his ulterior goal because if he fucks up enough then they've lost the full control that they have over the government currently for the first time in 25 years keep in mind and then that'll be a bright massive fuck up yeah and we'll never get anything done it'll be another 25 years of policy stagnation the clock is ticking and i know that like ruling with like an iron fist by executive order is not very popular but he definitely has that power um the democrats are also in the position to grab more power for themselves Um, i'm not a political analyst by any means i'm just some guy but like statehood for dc or puerto rico for example that could potentially net the democrats four more democratic senators right Um, abolishing the electoral college although that would be very controversial Um, the democrats have led in the popular vote that would be advantageous to them but in a less like more overt use of power they could undo some of the gerrymandering that republicans have done exactly i was going to say that yeah like gerrymandering and voter suppression Um, that's kind of like the bread and butter of uh republican campaigns right the less people that come out the more likely you are to win they admitted uh in 2019 i can't remember who admitted it or was it during the election someone had genuinely said in the republican party who was running that the only way they can win is if they shut down voting sites yeah. Access. <laughs> and that's what they did. They shut down voting sites to almost all down to one because they can't shut them all down. But they absolutely just dis- decimated with uh with DeJoy taking over with the uh post office and him rolling back. He just announced last week that uh he had a ten year plan to roll back even more USPS infrastructure Mm -hmm. and that is significantly going to impact voter turnout through mail yeah and we had a great case study during the georgia election where you know like ossoff and warnock did inspire people to come out to vote but stacy abrams did incredible Mm -hmm. work registering people to vote And I think we should apply that model to the entire country ahead of the 2022 election. But I'm worried that Biden 
might not drum up the energy to get people to, you know, volunteer in like grassroots campaigns to knock doors, to register their friends and family to vote. I'm just worried that he's the wrong figurehead for the moment. I definitely think that up until the pandemic, Joe Biden wasn't being viewed as a really good candidate by a lot of the younger people. And I know, like, some people have the opinion, like, if you can't vote yet, your opinion doesn't matter or anything like that. And I disagree because... I, in the 2016 election, I was 16. I was two years away from being able to vote. So I had an opinion on Donald Trump, and I absolutely hated the man, but I couldn't vote because I was too young. And that's fine. I get that's just how the law is. But I still had to endure other people the the trauma people had to endure the trauma of other people's decisions because everybody that i knew who was paying attention to politics at the time hated like they they wept when trump was elected because they knew that we had just elected a massive fascist yeah. a massive sexist a massive racist xenophobic man who has now the power over nuclear weapons and we saw that with north korea we saw that with iran there was a lot of at least in the media drummed up tension that there was going to be a nuclear event of some sort Mm -hmm. and that's Um. scary it's terrifying. Um, th- it, there is definitely a sort of like psychic trauma that we all experienced, um, at least us on the left side of the spectrum during the Trump years. Um, especially too, like when you're a young person, right, coming into adulthood, and that is sort of the future of what your country looks like. Like I can't imagine ascending to adulthood um, at the precipice of the Trump presidency. That's just like looking forward into the future. And it it seems bleak. Um, I was fortunate enough to be like 20 something in 2016, (laughs) but it's incredibly grim. And I think, you know, we should, care about what young people think as well i mean they are future voters they will be the leaders of the world as they will be the people to determine the midterms like genuinely people who turn 18 in the time from the election of the president to the midterm elections in the senate there's what you do is being watched by people who aren't part of your voter base yet but will be and that's important. And that's something that, yeah, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm a millennial, right? I'm 26 years old. Yeah. And one thing that makes me so happy is that the Zoomer generation, at least in my, like, political echo chambers, are so, like, inspiring. Like, it's it's nice knowing that the the next generation is vocal, is active, Seems yep. like they care about the right things in my echo chamber, at least. And will, you know, hold the government accountable. We'll actually participate in the process rather than being some sort of, uh, like, passive voter, for example. Absolutely. 
I I remember seeing a few of my friends being very vocal about their political opinions in high school, but I never really knew as many people that I believe are in the Zoomer generation that are actually out there, that are actually like yelling at people, that are yelling their, letting their voice be heard. Yeah. I think that's a uh, good place to stop for now. I think Thank it's, you, it's, Michael. Thank you, Chelsea. Yeah. You have any closing comments? The election of Joe Biden against Donald Trump is a victory for the American people. But that doesn't mean that we can sit back and relax for the next four years. Um, there's Absolutely. a lot of work to be done, especially considering we are coming off the Trump presidency. And I think it's important that we view Biden through a critical lens, right? We should criticize his failures and we should celebrate his victories, but we should always stay active. I think that is very well put. Well, this was this week's episode of Chelsea Talks with Michael Roy. Thank you for having me, uh, Bernie2024. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show. <laughs> <laughs>